Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help AG3 afford his Peloton subscription. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High Score 510, where real talk is our vernacular. Sure, talk about how I finally listened to and Cardi thanks to Jackson, and it was awful. I listened to a song that had Kanye on it. I thought I was listening to Albert Einstein preach about the theory of relativity, listening to Kanye compared to Playboy Cardi. Mm-hmm. He can only say three, five words at a time? You know, you talk about Wonder Woman being part of the Republican Party? No, no, the rap music industry part of the Republican Party. Let us hear this ignorant ass shit. The more ignorant it is, the more it's getting air time. Pedro said this back in the day. We weren't bred to be that ignorant. This music is making it. It had me thinking that there's not a there's not a person with over a third grade education living in Atlanta. That's what that's what some of the rap industry makes me think. Like, hey man, is anybody anybody got over a third grade, fifth grade education in Atlanta? Put it like this, put it like this, man. There, there's there's still Negroes with higher education and it seemed like half the ones rapping out there. We could go back to any plantation back in the early 1700s and we could find field Negroes who have never seen the inside of a house who have a higher education than half these fools in the rap game in life. I listened to Playboy Cardi music and it made me ashamed to be black. No, I was saying, I, I have a good friend. It's, it's Atlanta is starting to wear on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes the black culture and everything in the South. And I seen he was telling me, he was talking to me about, man, I'm still thinking about moving back back out that way since my kids are grown now. I'm like, man, you afraid? I, I enjoy black. I guess black Hollywood is a great place to visit, not a great place to live. I think the, the city I was most comfortable with now I only been in Dallas for a year, so I enjoyed. I did enjoy Dallas. I think the city I was most comfortable in was um, Las Vegas. Las Vegas ain't got that many black people. Yeah. How are you comfortable with that? Well, now they do because all it is is Lancaster East. <laughs> <laughs> East Palm. So it's just it, no. It's East Palmdale East. East Palmdale East. <laughs> That's so. the problem. I need it to be Lancaster. It's East Palmdale East. Come Don't on. tell me. Tell me, go out there, Afro man. When I when I went to Atlanta and visit, it's just I see the heavy culture. I can see where it can get out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what the parts I visit were, was, I guess, West Atlanta. A lot of trees. You got a uh, beautiful um, soul food restaurant. You see a lot of professional. We've seen a lot of professional black people on that side. I don't know uh, the demographics. I've never been. Graphics, but I heard. I heard I'm Atlanta. I heard this about Atlanta. The limits of southernness and its proximity to black cultural experience. Rather than considering the South's relationship to the future as oxymoronic, 
Outcast fuses possibilities of the future together, like grits and eggs, collard greens and fat back, Martin Luther King and the mountain top. <laughs> you know what's sad? You know what's sad about that, Jerry? That fool just did a bad job. Like, I feel like Eugene Levy, when he was in Bringing Down the House, was way better than this. Like, he was more real. Like, he sounded like someone like, like Eugene Levy made you think, like, was he hanging around black people before this role? This thing? You know, when he, was, when he was hitting on Queen Latifah that whole movie, this fool sound like Chet Hanks. See, there's a cutoff. Who was the dude in Malibu's Most Wanted? Jamie, uh... Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. I... <laughs> they could have had him read it in that in that Malibu's Most Wanted. Would have been accident. better than this. Uh-huh. See, Gene Livy didn't, didn't fake no accent. He just he just came with the words in his whole, his 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 Canadian Jewish tone, like fat backs. <laughs> this dude, I don't know what he was thinking. So it's, it's what it was was beautiful. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it's a great read. Great, he's a great black accent. That's an American black accent. You can't you can't blackface that. That's how we sound. That's exactly how I talk every day. All right. Well, y'all ready to start the show? Yep. All right. All right. Well, because uh, I give you all day. I'm walking my dog before it get too dark. All right. All right. Well, uh, Aaron, I need a letter. Uh, you know, in honor of Hope Solo, let's go with uh, L. Below. <laughs> tightest name in sports. Hope Solo's a tight ass name. It is. It is. It is. We can't say. You can't say other things that are tight about her. <laughs> Especially looking at that 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 iCloud link. Are you right? <laughs> Look a little hamburger meatish. <laughs> Actually liked it though. I like hamburger meat. Oh shit! All right. Well, uh... it didn't scare me away. Hope. <laughs> oh no! They'll never scare. No, you ain't gonna scare nothing. You ain't gonna scare me away with it. No, either. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm running over there faster yeah. than an Atlanta rapper. You Linguinis. To, you need to stay away from Leon Isaac Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> Loose labias. <laughs> <laughs> Uh shit. Litigious, languishing, uh lavishly. What who is it? Uh 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 the Leverts. Um which one which one was the best Levert? Oh uh, Karis uh, Levert. Gerald Levert, dude. Karis Levert. Karis Levert be cooling. <laughs> the best Levert was Gerald, then followed by his dad, Eddie. <laughs> Leon Spinks. Leon Spinks. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the High Score 510 podcast. I am tired today, but it's all good because it's 2020, and we are going to start this year off with some it's 2021, fun. dude. Oh, 2020. it is 2021, <laughs> and we're going to start this year off with some fun. 2020 is in the rear view, but it's still holding on tight. It's still holding on tight. Uh, y'all heard Larry King. Larry King. Larry King is in the hospital, also with COVID at 87. I thought he was like 95 or something like that, but yeah, he only 87. He must have made thought, a deal with the devil and lost about seven years off his age. He looked like he was 87 in 94, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Now we got, you also have another L, Lewis Gossip Jr. Oh, he's got COVID. So. Oh, shit. Now my boy Lou Gossip yeah, Jr. Lou Gossip. Man, he did the, he, he, he played Sam Cassell better than anybody else in Enemy Come Mine. <laughs> he was tight in that movie. Did uh, I send y'all the um, the all alien team? 
I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure y'all seen that meme. Oh, oh, I saw that. I said, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, they had uh, was Tyrone Hill on Popeye there. Jones in the middle. Popeye Jones. Yeah. Did it have uh, was the six man? Did, was it just NBA or WNBA too? It's just NBA. Oh, because I, I seen put, I seen Rebecca Lobo in Men in Black. So yeah, I would have probably put her on it <laughs> along and probably had uh, coming off the bench Brittany Griner, especially since she could she could beat. Wait, the hold on now. Come on now. You know Brittany Griner don't look that. Hey, y'all be saying that. I look if Brittany Griner wanted to be straight, I would go pick her up. She's down the street. Uh, she gonna top you no man, regardless if she's straight on her. <laughs> no man, Brittany Griner's a normal. It's, it's Skylar Diggins without makeup. Come on, man. <laughs> well, uh, you can catch us at High Score Five One Zero on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the dot com, and eventually the Twitter uh, soon enough. Um, but uh, aside from that, we are here with... This is Eric Grayson, also known as AG3, coming at you faster than uh, brothers brothers driving to the AT&T store after they Google Lily from all those AT&T commercials. <laughs> oh, sure. It starts with buses. But next, they will want to integrate schools and restaurants. And before you know, some nigga will want to integrate the sweet pink nether regions of your white wife or your white daughter, or your dear, sweet, white grandmother. Googler. Googler, and you will see what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, shit. And we are here with... Well, it's everybody's lonely captain, Captain P-Funk, uh, coming at you like uh, West Virginia women. <laughs> Inside joke. I probably shouldn't have said that. Tell him, McCluskey. Tell them what time it is. I don't believe you, people. Huh. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> All right. Uh, and my name yeah. is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, uh, with two T's for a double dose of that tink-tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Well, come on, Sammy. You bad. Shoot me. No, Kevin, you shut up, man. That's something I didn't tell you. What? I got to paint a target on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, I actually feel pretty good, Jared, because I was leading y'all to victory all last night. Feel mm-hmm. good about leaving my my black brother in into victory. I need to shout out to Ian, shout out to Paul. I need to leave y'all to some victories. I mean, you can you can help. Yeah, you can help the Irish, uh, the Irish win their liberation out. from the exactly. from the British. You know what I'm saying? That means you, <laughs> that means that means it's you, it's you, it's you, and all the other three Irish, and not Sam. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Sham sponsorship. Yeah, Sam. Sam's a colonizer. Of course, you gotta be careful. Um. Anyways, well, uh, well, I guess I just want to start the show out today with uh, some uh, big news talk. Uh, not really big news, but um, we haven't met for a couple weeks. We, you know, took last week off for the holiday and New Year's to kind of just take it easy. But um, in that time, uh, after we did our 2020. Uh, recap episode which is pretty fun our 2020 the good the bad and the what the fuck are the wtf episode some things have happened some things have transpired one of which is wonder woman 1984 came out and it came out to much praise as aaron said and much hoopla on hbo max after a day or two of it being out though it seemed to die down quite quickly did anybody see this anybody watch the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, Aaron, Aaron, mm-hmm. in your uh, judgment of the movie or your your appraisal of it, um, would you say that it lived up to the hype or was it a, a disappointment? You know, I, I it had a lot of hype around it. I, I would say it lived up to the hype as far as just going straight to where people could watch it at the house. I was excited about that. Uh, right. There were some things in the movie I was not excited about or or even just thinking about after the movie, you, 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 look, I watched Tenet without going to the movie and you saw my excitement for that, Jared. And then I didn't have the same excitement for Wonder Woman after watching it. it I, and here's the thing. I felt like I'm more positive for it than most people I know, even though it had some glaring, some glaring awfulness about it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm more positive about it than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, Pedro, did you see it? Of course I didn't. I don't understand why you didn't watch it. You like comic book movies. Hey, no, no, I don't. I do not like comic book. I didn't. I don't like. This is something you brought up, Aaron. Overpowered superheroes. Yes, yes, I agree with you. On film, if you do it on um, CGI or cartoon or whatever, whatever other platform other than live action, it doesn't work anymore. Um, It used to work in the '80s, Jared. Now, because we were so fascinated by getting, because you know, you know, the, the work, the steps would be harder to making a superhero film, mm-hmm. and they would actually use real props and everything. So yeah. it looked and made you feel like, oh wow, this guy's a superhero. He lift up a whole building, and they yeah. had to somehow that, make that they have to CGI. It. Yeah, you, yeah, they So, so you would think it's it's like totally cool. You would want to see that. Now with CGI and everything, we're on video games also dilute there's nowhere to go which is like they dominate everything so it's not fun and then sometimes it gets over it's overdone even with the villains the villains they um they fight are overpowerful overbearing so it doesn't it takes all the fun out of everything yeah mm-hmm. it takes all the puzzle pieces of how the layers of how things are going to happen or, yeah. or or the the adjustments each might make might make i get that you know i watched it and um, it had me going. I have to say, I was like, okay, the, the opening scene, the little girl, little <laughs> mini Wonder Woman was out there running. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alerts. She is out. If you haven't watched it yet, <laughs> skip forward to this and you might not want to podcast. see. <laughs> but, anyways, you know, she's over there running, she's doing all the jumping and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm a, it's believable. She's a little girl. She's the she's the queen's daughter or whatever. She's got extra power. Jared, she's Wonder Woman. Jared, that shit Jared. was not believable, dude. Re- regardless, don't, regardless, don't the movie. The scene was kind of cool. The well, can I can I say something cool. about that before you go into this? Yeah. Just for that one scene, Jared. Mm-hmm. Remember, her mom in the first movie didn't want her training at that age. The same actress, but she was that age. Remember, the mom was like, she does not train. She needs to be in school. She needs to be that. She isn't training. But yet, somehow the mom's allowed for her to take place in this Amazonian Amazonian Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm sitting there like, did the mom just say she can't train? And she's going against all these women that train for this Olympic thing? Mm-hmm. So obviously, like, what, what, where's, it was a little bit of hypocritical right there of the movie that came out before it. Fair enough. But I'm just thinking for, for just seeing it 
is like the cinematic, the the visuals, you know, it was kind of cool. It's like, oh, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like Hunger Games or some kind of, you know, uh, offshoot world where there is some kind of competition going on. And you're trying to see mm. how do they create the challenges for these people that will make them special? What are these challenges that they're doing that makes them a special race of people? Right. And so I appreciated that. I was like, oh, it's cool. All right. They're doing this race. They got horses and nah, 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 nah. cool. So the story evolves and 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 she gets the moral of the, the the moral of the story is given at the beginning of the movie after that's at the end of that scene spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of which we'll get to it later. But uh then it it fast forwards and it's her after Chris Pine has died. She's in 1984, you know what I'm saying? You see in the background one of the one of the uh one of the extras is burning their son on his shoulders with a cigarette, Benson Hedges uh, in the background walking through the mall, you know, but it it it, it evolved into kind of like it was they, they went into Stranger Things where she's all of a sudden in a mall. They find this uh, crystal thing and the crystal thing goes to the museum where she's working. And the crystal thing, all of a sudden, you know, she can you can make wishes, wishes on the crystal thing. Um, and I was like, cool, whatever. We'll see where this goes. Right. Kristen Wiig's in it. She plays a bumbling, not popular person. Nobody pays attention to who seems not really desperate for attention, but just would like to some acknowledgement, but is dealing with it fine. And then you got the guy who plays the Mandalorian, who's a nondescript, ger- g- generic ass uh, white dude who's playing some hustle man, right? He's Chilean. Yeah, that that is not thing. Chilean. That dude is not Chilean. He's Chilean in real life. He's Chilean, dude. You know, Chileans and Argentinians and Uruguayans are all conspiracy brother. They will tell you that that's where all the Nazis moved to after the World War. He is not a Nazi looking dude. The dude look like Danny Delgado, dude. He, Del Blanco. Well, my thing is first thing that maybe had this little Asian little hopper looking kid, and he, they didn't. He did they not look hopper. He just looked Asian. <laughs> he was like a little Asian boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, see, uh, I'm gonna save that for your question that's coming later on. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, I'm 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 getting off course. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little bit flustered right now because I'm already like I'm trying to go through this the process of where it kind of I was I was on board with it. I was riding the train. I was like, let's see where this goes. Let's figure out what what who is the main antagonist of our protagonist. What is going to be the challenge that she's set up with, right? Then all of a sudden, the wishing stone, you know, becomes is like the main thing that is the source of the power of the main antagonist. I was like, okay, cool. The, the, this wishing stone is going to create some kind of thing that's going to change mm-hmm. everything, right? Motherfucker turns himself into goddamn wishing stone. <laughs> I wish to be the wishing stone. And I said, okay, like, I'm gonna still go with this. Let's just see what happens. Spoiler alert. Let's see what happens. You know, maybe, maybe he turns into some kind of creature. Maybe he has some crazy powers. Nope. All he did was say, tell me, don't you wish you had that? And a gust of wind would happen when they wished it. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna take this, that, and the other. And then it would like, it, it would just happen. Like, I guess it just happened because because he would walk away and go to somebody else and they wouldn't show any of the consequences of the people that had just given their wish. There's no consequences other than the fact that the world just went into more and more chaos without showing how it was going into chaos, without showing any of the mechanisms of how the chaos was occurring. And all of a sudden he's at the president being like, what's up nondescript white dude president that ain't look like nothing of the president from 1984. <laughs> what do you really want? The Soviets are, are preparing to bomb. And he's like, whatever you want, just make a wish. And all of a sudden, everything starts going crazy. And then on a crazy flip of a dime, the motherfucking thing turned into cats. 1984. This bitch, <laughs> we're going to turn herself into Idris Elba's mate. 
from cats. I said, where's Jason Derulo to do the, 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 the pelvic thrusters thing? Didn't make no goddamn sense. It turned yeah, into cats. Yeah, she had a wingsuit on made of gold. And then she uses her ropey thing, lasso, to lasso dude. Dude also realizes he wanted to just be a good father. That nigga tried to kill my father! <laughs> uh, and he, see... And, and, and the world which is crumbling, all of Luke's is being shot. All of a sudden, he run home, pick up his son in the middle of DC, which is about to be in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, is good. he found his kid in the middle. All right, uh, Jared, Jared, there's a part. There's another loophole you left out. The fact that look, when people, one person made a wish and got a whole river that was going through Egypt. Is that is that that famous Cairo? Is that the, isn't that what it's called? The, was the, it a river or was it the, a wall? the Nile? That was the Nile. Now. It came up on on the river. It came up. So a wish made created this wall bigger than the Great Wall of China, bigger than the wall that basically that's what Donald Trump would have wanted. That wall, right? <laughs> a wish made that wall. Yet when Wonder Woman wished to get Street Trevor back, he had to take over the body of some goddamn guy, some goddamn business guy. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. You can make a wall out of nowhere. You can make all this other shit, nuclear weapons out of nowhere. This motherfucker did this out of nowhere. But you, you turned Kristen but... Wiig into a character from a musical that has won plenty of Tonys. That, that, yeah, a musical that just came out and ain't even ain't even became a movie yet. You turned Kristen Wiig into that. How in the hell did you? You could only get this fool into someone else's body, and she and she's fine with this. All she I see is you. is you. All I see is you. The dick ain't the same, but all I see is you. <laughs> <laughs> all I see is you. You know what? I ain't had dick in since, since World War One, so I mean, hey, I'll take it. Hey, hey, hey remember, remember the wingsuit she wore, right? And they're like, the woman, Astria, whatever they were. fought all these people off, and it never yeah. got damaged. And then and all of a sudden, Cheetah, mm -hmm. the Cheetah character. Which, just scratching at it. It's just ripping off all parts of it. I'm like, hold up, right? Hold I up. I didn't understand that either. This thing survived thousands of years. Thousands of years. All these people fighting her, she just covered up and it survived. And yet somehow it got ripped apart. <laughs> the, the part that really got so me, I'm spoiler alert right here. The part that really got me, Jared, is they go to a Smithsonian Museum mm -hmm. of an uh, airport museum, right? I've been oh. to the airport museum <laughs> in Seattle. Guess what? Guess what you can't do? You can't fly into those planes. Not because, not for lack of trying. <laughs> you can't fly because they do not work. <laughs> but somehow they take they... out the spark plugs, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. There's no fuel. Wow. Man, we just gonna leave some fuel in here just in case. No, How the hell that plane had enough whole, fuel to go to the whole motor? In the <laughs> exactly. The somehow they in a plane, Pedro. It's 1984. They in a F4 Phantom. Oh. You know me, Jared. I know my planes. They in an F4 Phantom, which was last flown during the Vietnam War. Right, the two-seater, the one that had the two-seaters next to each other. They in that plane, F4 Phantom, Vietnam War. Somehow it had enough, not only could they take off in it, Pedro, it had enough fuel to get their asses to Cairo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got all the way, they got across the Atlantic. He's like, you know how oh, many, man. you know how many Michael B. Jordans got thrown over the ship <laughs> on that trip? Exactly, exactly. So that's a long like, distance. It had, hey man, hey. Whatever museum that is needs to close down because they keeping jet fuel in planes at the museum. Man, that, that, dude, seriously, man, that's like, yeah, that's a that's a Beirut explosion waiting to happen. I ain't trying to make a joke of it, but like, literally, like you leaving all this combustible fuel in all these different planes that all people, these that random planes. civilians can go, come around, smoke a cigarette around, and blow that shit exactly. up. And then, and then here's my, hey, don't forget, it was 1984. You can smoke inside museums. Hold on, hold on, Oh yeah, but don't forget also. <laughs> yeah, don't forget also though, Aaron. The, the other thing is he was flying. 
propeller planes <laughs> back in the day. I, I like, said that like, shit to the like, he all of a sudden is like, I think I can figure hey, this out. Yeah. Button, button, button. I was like, nigga, you didn't have a switchboard that yeah. had different lights. All of a sudden, you got no electricity on your plane. There was no electricity on the last plane you flew. There yeah. was no electricity. How the fuck you fly in a jet plane? Uh, he went from a crop duster. He went from a crop duster. It was all chokes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that shit was <laughs> ridiculous, dude. That shit. And I, look, and I was trying to give it, I was like, you know what? So Sam brought up this interesting point, Jared. He said, Cause I was I was bitching about the special yeah. effects, like whatever she was running and shit. And, yeah. Jer- and Sam said he think that it, this was interesting. I did like this. He said he think they did it on purpose to like kind of show the special effects back in the eighties, the mid eighties, right? Mm-hmm. That's how special effects were. They look kind of cheesy and bad. So he think they did that on purpose. And I thought, okay. So I was trying to give the movie with that note in mind. Keep that in mind, like. Maybe just random shit just happened. You know, it was 1984, but I was like thinking about movies that came out in 84, war game, shit like that. Back to the Future came out. And I'm like, no, nah, they still was a little more realistic than this. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even nah. Alien Nation was more realistic than this. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know, man. It, it had me for like the first 35, 40 minutes. I like Kristen Wiig's character. She kind of- my, she was the, she was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, she added, she added a, a, a layer to the movie she did. that otherwise wouldn't existed, but then they, they simplified her to the point where, and, and this is going to lead to our question of the day, but overall I had to give Wonder Woman 1984 one bright. Only reason why it's one bright is because I didn't pay for it. And it was entertaining enough for me to sit through it all the way through. Yeah, it was entertaining. I will say it, was it wasn't entertaining enough. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like, good. It wasn't like the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. That shit, I couldn't make it through it. Or Suicide Squad, where I fought to make it through. I had to continue the second half of all. Or the last night. Transformer movie. It sound like it I didn't make it through part. I couldn't make it through that. You know the problem. The, no, the, here, I'm gonna tell you what the secret ingredient. The problem with the Transformer movies, what they fucked up there, is that they didn't have Tyrese playing the same character he does in all the uh, Fast and Furious movies. If Tyrese hadn't tried to be such a serious commando in those movies and he just played Roman Pierce in those movies those movies would have been <laughs> yeah. funny if they had Roman Pierce in the Transformers movies being like ha, 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 and then like trying to drive the cars and like get freaking out when they wouldn't and then, drive and do what he wanted and, that trying to re, and he tried to read Cybertronium yep that would have been tight <laughs> it says hot slack smack back smoke beer zack <laughs> that would have been perfect if they had time. You're right. He should have been. They should have used the same character. Alien Infidel. Get pasta horta. Hey, man. I clean your windshield, buddy. What are you doing, man? Uno tres cuatro fronto taco. Everything comes static home. Me gusta chacha. You know what the problem is? It's live action movies. Live action movies. We want it to be somewhat realistic. That's the whole point. Like Pedro said best, you know how excited we were when Transformers became a live action movie. I saw it already twice and went to go see it again with Pedro that summer in Arizona. Mm. And we were just excited that to finally get this in live action. So the thing about live action, we want it to be as realistic as you can make it. Of course, it's a superhero movie. They're going to have powers. They're going to have this. But don't do stupid shit like having someone that's never flown, that's never seen a jet plane before all of a sudden fly one. Yeah. Well, Don't yeah. have someone that's fascinated about the fanny pack all of a sudden fly one. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, it just it just became more and more implausible. And unless you're just okay with the and I guess it's a superhero movie. So like should we really expect the plausibility? But I think that's what makes those movies more believable and more enjoyable is that there's plausibility built within this mythical and made up world that obviously is implausible, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you blend 
um, suspense with the improbable and the 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 not attainable with attainable concepts and themes and acts that make it seem like oh man like I'm in a world where this is not too far away from the real world and I was kind of digging the, the 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 villain not being an overpowering villain it, but then there was no re- the the recourse was the world's gonna end because everyone's gonna nuke each other and I was like that was just that's like I get it it's Cold War era that was a true fear of that time though Jared that it was, was it was there. it was but 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 they didn't do a good job of like especially like if you're if, like the people that you're trying to get younger people to watch this movie the, a lot of them weren't alive in 84 a lot of them didn't no. understand what the Cold you War can't and, just and, talk and, about it yeah, yeah you, you can be like everyone was worried about nukes you know people ain't tripping about nukes the way they were 10 15 20 yeah. 30 years ago like now years. you're gonna be like Oh, just yeah, hype up on the field. No, times have changed. People have changed. Their their concerns and the way they see those old concerns have also changed. The way that 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 white people were afraid of their white, beautiful white daughters marrying a Negro and getting that BBC and having a mixed kid was a real concern back in the day, like in the 50s, 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s, right? Mm-hmm. That changed mm-hmm. as the 70s, 80s, and 90s came along. All I'm saying is that if you want to keep the relative understanding of the way people are going to interpret the, the the chaos of the time, you got to be able to actually tie it in with tangible things. And they didn't really tie it in with tangible things. All they did was have this dude uh, uh, say, wish it was true, a gust of wind, and then something would happen and then more chaos would ensue. And the next person you go to, these things would get more crazy. He had more people at his office, more papers would be flying all over the place and people would just be like running around like chickens with their head cut off. Yeah, just, just throw more extras in there. Just throw more extras into the office space and then, uh, that'll tell how crazy the world's getting that's all they did throw more extras in there now how people run around the street have one one black cop being like we don't know what to do on a radio in the middle of the street they fell apart they didn't make it believable they didn't tie themes in that made it real in the moment to the people who were watching it it just got more and more comedically bad but that leads me to my question about dc comics because we've seen a string of dc comic movies in recent years that have been uh doo-doo butter and it, it got me thinking um because of because of the way they portray characters and their depth or their, what is it, their, uh, what's the word, their motivations. And like, Pedro, you're saying they're overpower, overpowered or they're they're just like perfect this way or they're overpowered that way. Um, my question of the day is, is DC Comics and their movie universe, are they the Republican Party of the comic universe? Are they the Republican slash conservative party of the comic cinematic universe uh i'm gonna start off with a no jared a hard no not even close that was the most liberal bullshit move uh, and let me put out this disclaimer first i am a democrat right i am a I'm born and raised democrat and uh also you know very open-minded very tolerant of everyone others and everybody being themselves that was the most liberal bullshit i've ever seen in the movie the last two wonder womans was the most and that one was over the top liberal dude there were more rainbows did you see people like wearing rainbow colors that was like a theme of hers and patty so mm-hmm. did you know she actually director and producer of the movie what's her name patty davis whatever her name is patty jenkins whatever she wanted the movie the movie was supposed to come out during pride month Right. And so that's why all the artwork had the basically the rainbow, like the one where she's sitting there in that gold thing on the poster and it's the rainbow colors behind her. Mm-hmm. It was all had to do with pride. Uh, I'm going to go with the hard no, because everything was around liberal. Like there were so many people, there were people wearing like rainbow color stuff. One person had a rainbow family pack. And I'm like, 
look, dude, this was the 80s. Nobody had no rainbow shit. Maybe in San Francisco, they certainly did not have it anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. If anything, it was still, people were still using the F word. (laughs) And and I don't mean the four letter one, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like acceptable, right? So I was like, this movie is really pushing like, some really tolerant things that didn't really take place in the 80s. And mm-hmm. I, I and then that really didn't take place in the 80s. A lot of more like tolerant things now, right? The only thing was missing was, was Steve Trevor's body happening to a black guy, right? That was the only <laughs> thing missing. I was I was waiting for that. Like, I mean, the fact that they gave the 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 dude, pa- Pedro Pasquale, who is cute, Chilean, gave him an Asian kid. I was like, <laughs> I mean, he didn't look hot, but that kid looked full, straight Asian. I was like, wow, this is like, how did he have a full Asia kid? They didn't say nothing about adoption, nothing that. It was just, he had a full, I was like, man, I'm surprised. If he, they would have given him three kids, one would have been Asian, one would have been African, and the other would have been uh, probably five of Angelina Jolie kids. I'm going to say this. The reason why I, I say Republican Party is because, not because of the imagery they were trying to portray, but because of the simplicity and the old versions of the the motivations of characters and 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 the layers and the nuance of the characters is just very just very much in many ways black and white. And so for me, like you know, you look at a Marvel characters and you see like these layers, you see these these uh, underlying themes of like uh, our influences, our flashbacks of what caused them to be a certain way or feel a certain way, or these these variances like with uh, you know saying where you you can't really tell whether the the villain is really the bad one here or is the the person who's fighting to maintain the status quo are they wrong in this way you know um versus in in most of these dc movies it's, it's very black and white it's like the good guy and the bad guy the good guy is good because they're good why are they good what makes them good well they're good because they're good they're born that way the bad person is bad because they're just they either just want too much power or they're bad you know, and 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 Kristen Wiig's character, she they could have really layered like how she transformed into becoming somebody who turned dark like that. They didn't. It went from her just wishing, and then you saw her kind of transition. And she's like, she realized she had all this power, and then all of a sudden it's just like, I ain't giving this shit up. I'm really beat some ass. And you know what? I only had to show you how I trained. I just lifted some weights one time in the gym and made all those dudes in fanny packs uh, lose their mind. You know what I'm saying? And which, and so which man, I repeat, fanny packs. I just looked it up. They're straight late '80s, early '90s. Okay. Yeah. It, it, Anyways, all I'm going to say is, like, the reason why I said it is because, I f- like, DC Comics adds no nuance, adds no, uh, there's very little variance and there's very little uh, room for flavor in their characters. And that's why I think it's, it is, like, the representation of kind of like Republican or conservative party in that, like, they're still arguing, like, like, we want to maintain the status quo of what is this. These are understandings of how men behave. These are understandings of how women behave. These are understandings of how gays behave. These are understandings of how people behave. These are understandings of how the world works. All right. And we're not going to add layers to it. We're not going to explore those layers within their characters either. We're not going to write a movie that allows these characters to evolve or develop or grow in a way that's going to like actually make sense. It's just going to be good or bad, black or white poor or rich you know what i'm saying and that's why i asked the question like the way they write their movies the way they 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 they, they construct their characters in these movies um it seems very much kind of like the republican model of how we want to understand our world or place upon labels in our world versus uh, marvel movies typically have more layers have more things that end up coming up and popping up later on in the movie you're like oh shit that's a difference maker. Oh shit, that could change the way this character decides to, to play out the rest of this movie with this squad. Like the reason why you had the fucking Civil War movie. The motherfuckers had layers upon layers of why they were trying to fight for a certain thing and they end up fighting each other even though they're all the good guys, right? So, and, and that allows for you to have like, 
you know, saying Ilan Omar and the AOCs and the the, the the Fab Five or whatever they call them in the Democratic Party, you know, trying to trying to uproot the motherfuckers, the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's in the Democratic Party. Who are the who who what's going on there? They're fi- there's infighting in the Democratic Party for, for for to push the narrative versus versus what what the status quo is, or what the Republicans and the and the corporate Dems want to just maintain as the status quo. So that's why I I see it that way. Uh, that's I think why you, I, I, that I think you're creating a connection in your mind, Jared, that you really want to create because I. I think there's there you, if you want to look at the stuff so black and white and think that all republicans are the republican party think that way you, you could connect it but at the same time i mean there's really? leftists but what are the what do the republicans way. do what do the republicans do what are they best at huh? they fall in line aaron yep. all right look what jared is getting at is see this is this way they did this purposely they're doing this purposely in hollywood get this conspiracy th- uh, music ready <laughs> What you're getting at is just saying, even though that um, DC characters or whatever fall in, fall fall in line with um, the powers that they had or they have been, but you notice every, you notice that what we're doing with every movie now is being political. You know, they started that by putting Tyler Perry in a dress. That's where it began. Did it, you know? They, they try to put Tyler Perry in the dress. That way, that way they can start bringing up their liberal agenda. Why? So I can fall in love with some cute black man that teaches white people everything they know about the shrimp industry before they kill him 30 minutes into the movie? Huh? Hey, why don't you walk down that tunnel, black man? Hey, black man, turn on the generator. This dinosaur is out there. Hey, black man, look out. He's got a gun. That's my favorite one. Turn on the generator. generator. But what they're doing, this is what I, this, we talked about this a million times, and I'm getting sick of it. Get politics out of the movies. Basketball news the Warriors are two and three. Um, They've won their games by a combined margin of 11 points but have lost their three games on a, by an average of 30 points. What is the one thing that is keeping the Warriors from being a title contender? <laughs> what is one the one thing? thing? There's not just one thing. I need I mean, one thing. I, I, what, okay, I can tell you what the, the glaring one, need. The glaring need is for some NBA live, not even 2K, some NBA live rules. So you could just trade without a trade deadline or anything. Like I'm talking about NBA Live, like like back in the nineties. You can force a trade. Ninety-eight. You can force a trade through. That's what they need. They need to be able to force. And salary cap didn't matter. When you know, you know how it was back then when you play somebody, one of your friends' team, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, wait, hold on, hold on, dude. How the hell the Sacramento Kings get Shaq? Right? Like, like you, you, you know, I was like, man, I was trying to be even. You was the Kings. I went ahead and picked, you know, I, I went ahead and picked Milwaukee from back then, and you got Shaq. Right? Like, like, the, the next thing you know, they, they got Shaq on their team, and then they, they shooting guard back in 97 was, was, uh, was Jordan. And you're like, wait, wait, what the hell? How do you get Shaq and Jordan? You know, that's the only way. I mean, <clears throat> I predicted the Warriors to be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also said I want to see Steph, Steph Curry drag this team. You know, if if he – Jared, you told me on this show, Jared, you told me Steph Curry could be as good as Magic Johnson. You said he could – he could, before it's all said and done, he might be – he has a chance to be the greatest point guard in the game, you basically told me. When did I you say that? Michael Jack. 
you that's Johnson level. You need check them books. Check them books. I never said nothing like that. Number one. Number two. You said maybe. You said maybe. I never. No, I said he might have a chance to be a top five point guard all time and one of and potentially the greatest. But he's not a pure point guard. But I don't. I don't never say you get a chance to be Magic Johnson. You can take Magic Johnson's name out your mouth. My thing is, if that's the case, he has to be able to drag this shitty ass team to the playoffs. No, I agree. I do agree. I do agree. And I've seen a lot of flack of people uh, on Twitter talking shit because people were like, oh, you know, talking shit about LeBron and how Steph Curry is, is, uh, is as good as, as any other player in the league and yada, yada. But we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that later. But uh, Pedro, Pedro, what is the one thing the Warriors need to become a playoff or title contender again? Giannis and Tukupoko. Tukupoko. Are you talking about Tuiasasopo? Because he might make more threes than Kelly Oubre right now. You need Giannis to throw the ball for the Golden State Warriors to get in and slam dunk the ball and throw the ball. Yeah. So Giannis and Tupacatico need to be on the Warriors for y'all to make the playoff. <laughs> so, uh, man, look here, dude. Um, they don't have, they need to make a lot of trades. They need to make a blockbuster trade before they can even think about the playoffs. I thought, I was under the assumption, like, okay, you guys, you guys should be okay with Uber and, and um, Draymond thought, Green. Yes. I didn't know Draymond Green was as hurt as, as he was, he seemed like he's been off for a long time. Yeah, he, he's back. He's back. Yeah, I know he he's back. back Aaron, Aaron thinks he's washed. You know, I, I think, think I think he's starting to look washed. This is starting to scare me. He looked well, washed last year. I mean, he was, didn't look washed. Let me let me take that back. Not totally washed, but he looked like. I, remember, I said I said he's lost a step, and I said that last year, and everyone tried to say it was injuries to everyone else, and he didn't want to play, and I said. I can tell he looks like he's lost a step. He's lost mm-hmm. some athletic ability, mm-hmm. and that's gonna. And his game needed that. Well, that I, I we we had brought that up um, last year a little bit um, about his style of play as being an undersized playing undersized center. It's kind of like uh, a running back, you know, taking a lot of reps. Somebody who's undersized playing against bigger bodies, like you take a beating and it, and it, it, work, it works out for a while. Like T-Mac going at the rim hard for all those years. Eventually, you know, your body can potentially yeah. start to break down and, can, and your body doesn't react the same way. Your body doesn't have the same ex- burst and explosion. There is something to be said for that. You know, Draymond has banged and, and, and been the, the heart and soul uh, of that, you know, defensive side of the ball for the Warriors um, and, and has, you know, been their defensive stopper slash the guy who, you know, rim checks stuff. So, you know, going up against bigger bodies, going up against everybody's body at, at the rim, you know, that could take, take time and take time in uh, years off your career. If you're, if your body just is not built for that, or, or, you know, everyone has a different way that they, you know, slowly start to regress and break down. So it could be that. And I, I I'm, I'm not, I haven't seen enough of Draymond cause he only played one game so far, but yes, that could be the case. Game. That could be the case. He could, it could well, also be the case of the Warriors have no talent around. No, you're starting to see, you can see Draymond Bill, Green. Yeah, you can see his build. Dray, Draymond Green ain't an Adonis out there. He doesn't have. He's not like cut up enough. He just mm-hmm. looks like he has. You know, he has to totally change his uh, body type and everything, and stay up. 
because he's not, he wasn't an offensive player. He was there, he was there to bang, like you say, bang with uh, the bigger guys and be a little quicker than him. And with all his foot injuries, it looks like he's um, lost a couple of steps. You know, mm-hmm. all, all the foot and uh, lower body extremities, he looks like he's lost a couple of strengths. People are beating him off the dribble and things. So, yes, yeah. it's, it's it's not as not the same as he when he was all over the place, young, energetic, uh, hands on balls, um, you know, coming over the top and playing off the ball. He was great at those things and also playing lanes. And just with this footwork, it looks like he can't step in those lanes and create the big defensive plays like he did. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. times pass. So, yeah, I, I tell you this: who needs to be a little bit more shoulder this blame is Steve Kerr, because he does. There is some talent on that team, and the problem is they don't fit into his system that he that he got into with the Warriors. So he or that you could say he instituted with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They don't fit. You can't turn Ubre and Wiggins into Clay Thompson and Harrison Barnes, right? Yeah. Because another problem is they don't have a passing big man. The one thing I would give credit for, especially now that I can look back on the last Warriors five-year run, is how great Bogut, Lee, and Draymond. You had the three of some – I mean, they're not like on Jokic level of passing, but they are right under it, right? Yeah, that's why I wanted – it would have been tight to have a Mark Gasol who is an above-average big man passer and can fill space with his bodies type. And at this age in his career, he's not going to be asked to do – as much to as he's get been on asked block to do, but, score. but yeah, he can still set like- a screen and he can still, you know, create that little mismatch where if you r- roll off of him and run around the top of him, he can find a bounce pass or a little dish yes. of somebody. He has the instinct yes. for it. Yes, um, and they don't have yeah. that right now. And he's playing Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre do not need to be playing in a Clay Thompson role. No. Kelly Oubre needs to be more of a slasher. He needs to be mm-hmm. more of a different role. The problem is I don't think Steve Kerr's not making adjustments. to Oubre should be an Iguodala role with maybe a slightly better offensive game, but like yes. Iguodala was a better passer and a better playmaker. So yeah, that's, that's the issue. Um, yeah. I, I think that one thing they do need is they need um, that, that white Chilean dude that you was talking about from, uh, from wonder woman, 1984 to come grant them. Pedro some Pascal, rewind man. the clock, rewind that motherfucking clock to 2016 and 17. So they can have the same squad. They had those years where they had legit pro talent, on that roster, they have not legit pro talent on that roster. Or they need to ask, they need to ask a wish to bring back Jerry West, who can build a roster. Because I'm telling you, uh, 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 the current GM, Bob Myers, was vastly helped by Jerry West's uh, uh, talent evaluation. Or they need, oh. to bring, they need to get that Chilean white dude to get one more wish and uh, bring back Kobe Kobe Bryant courtside too, where you could develop a player who was seven foot ten and had ball handling skills of Giannis Antetokounmpo and could block every shot and shoot threes. That's what you need, aka Kevin Durant. That would hey, that's not his last name. His last name is Antetokounmpo Manumbukobo. Anna Manudo. Every time I try to say his last name, I just go back to the days where I used to pray in tongues. Come on, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree, though, with y'all. Like, the Warriors are at a point where they're averaging their, their average loss have been thirty points. Um, their average wins have been have been five, right, or something like that. They won by one point and ten points. So, so. There, there's a discrepancy like when they win they're barely winning and they're beating bad teams and then they're losing badly to teams that are you know what i'm saying uh pretty good or you know good but yeah 
but they're well, not even man. close. And and the issue is, is I watched the game the other night against Portland, and and the the talent I saw on the squad, I was like, this is not near the type of talent that they had in the last six seven years. It's not close. You have Wanamaker, Pascal. I like his. He could develop into a decent role. You have this guy Wanamaker. You have Damian Lee. You have you have guys that 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 would be your your Quinn Cooks that mm-hmm. get to come in when everyone's mm-hmm. resting in the fourth quarter because everyone's been balling, playing meaningful minutes now. This is not this is not a recipe for success. And and Steve Kerr, as a coach, needs like I think the Warriors' current roster will be better if they had Mark Jackson back. I'm put that out there. I, I, you know, if I Mark Jackson agree. was their coach right now, they would be outperforming what they're doing I right 100% now. Hundred percent agree. Because 100%. Mark Jackson would just say, "Hey, we're gonna curtail this offense to be whatever our strength of offense is. We're mm-hmm. gonna run that over and over and over and over again. Yes. We're gonna be setting on ball picks for Curry. We're gonna mm-hmm. be setting isolation for Curry. We're yeah. gonna try to catch Ubre." Cutting, we're gonna set up in position where Ubre could cut to the basket if Curry comes off a block yeah. and they just you know they don't switch well. We're gonna have Wiggins cutting to the basket, and guess what? He's gonna try to establish a defensive identity, right? Yeah. And that, I think Kerr gotten by. Look, I give Kerr for every credit he deserved. He kept the team loose, he won. This is where this is where I told you guys, and I said this is why I was so mad at the Kevin Durant thing. It had nothing to do. Everyone thought, oh, you mad because the Warriors win titles. I didn't care if the Warriors won titles. I had no problem with that. My problem was he upset a balance and he, he created a fake narrative. He created he messed up the narrative. We didn't have any idea what the narrative is. So now Kerr gets all this credit like he's like the third best coach of all time. You know, next thing you know, we have to like he's the next Pat Riley or 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 the do their boss is smoking a cigar at the game and that we didn't see we could do and like and then we pushed mark jackson down to commentating on nbc saying mama there go that man and and not what he did for the warriors he doesn't get any credit for what he did for the warriors and we give kerr all this credit mark jackson established that defensive identity he established that with draymond green he established that with clay thompson he was the one that pumped their heads and had them plan d had everyone in that team plan d in that one year where Eagle Dollar playing D. He was the one. That was his thing. And now we're sitting here, and this team is one of the worst defensive teams of all time in the NBA. That's the craziest thing. I saw some stat, and I'm like, this is the worst. Like, hey, the last two years, this Warriors team has been the worst defensive team The trip time. thing is about that. They still got Mike Brown over there. Um, Mike Brown is weak stuff. as hell. But no, I'm saying, he, was, he, he, he had could, always he had strong defensive teams. That's, that's what he's there for. Yeah. Teach people how to, yeah, that's what my. But when you have Andrew Wiggins, (laughs) Andrew Wiggins is a negative rating on the defensive end. I thought Andrew Wiggins, yeah. yeah. Well, Wiseman could be a defensive impact player, but he's young and raw. It's it's, it's just you have have Steph who, like, if we want to find out how good Steph is, you want to know how good and where he where he ends up in the all times list. Uh, forget the titles right now. Steph's not playing for the title. He's playing for his legacy of as an impact player. What can Steph do? He's he's been a he's been a, a subpar defensive player. You know he gets steals because he gets to play passing lanes because he's always playing off the ball because they always had Clay as his buffer to be able to play off the ball. Clay would always be on the main ball handler or the main scorer of the guards. I think we're gonna get to the point where we're gonna say chicken or the egg. Who made who better? Was Steph made Clay better or did Clay make Steph better? Um, who allowed who to thrive more? And maybe it could be a perfect balance. The two of them just matched so well together. I'm not saying that one had to make the other better. But if you're looking at it from the last two years, like if the Warriors lose Steph Curry last year instead of Clay Thompson, does that team do as bad as they did? If the Warriors had Clay Thompson this year and not Steph Curry, would they be playing as bad as they are? 
Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts is our segment we end the show on where you get to complain, rant, or call out something positive. Um, you get the floor and have a chance to say what's on your mind. Cutty Corner shoutouts. Cutty Corner shoutouts. It's time. It's, it's time. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do. My Cutty Corner shout out is to all people, a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people over the age of 50, right? And not just not just anybody over the age of 50, uh, more or less some of the women, celebrity women that's over the age of 50. Uh, these are included, you know, Jennifer Lopez, Elizabeth Hurley, Beverly Johnson, Selma Hayek, along with countless others who are using social media platforms to pose and post their pictures, right? In some of these photos, man, you know, they are, they're at the beach wearing a bikini on a rainy day. Some of them are in the snow in bikinis. You know, I mean, I walked the lake the early morning and there were two women wearing high-end Lululemon yoga outfits. And a photographer was setting up like a, a, a camera. And the crazy thing is they didn't do one yoga pose. They had yoga outfits on. They had, the, they had, they had a yoga mat in their hand and they kept unrolling it. They never put it on the ground. They never did one yoga pose. So what were they doing? I believe they were selling their sexuality. And at what price? What is the cost to our society? I'm going to tell you what the cost is. I, I realized this when I was going through the pictures of Beverly Johnson. She had a bikini photo, looked good. Selma Hayek placed one a week ago. I was shocked to see my boy Pooh, Return of the Pal. I, I, I saw that photo at seven in the morning and Return of the Pal already liked it, right? I mean, I'm looking at them too. I ain't going to lie. But what I need for this and what we need to do to move forward in this world, I need Apple to make an emoji and I need them to make a new emoji with a straw and some lips. Because if these women are gonna continue to put out these thirst trap posts, then I need a quick way to let these women know that Aaron is coming in to take a sip. I'm drinking up. I need a new emoji to show that I was lost in the desert and now I need some water. To, to roughly quote my, name, my main man, Eugene Livy, and bring it down the house, I'm throwing all the cool points out the window because you got me straight sipping, boo. All these 50-year-olds and these damn things uh, and, and, and these bikinis with these thirst traps, J-Lo and all you guys, man, just to let you know I'm sipping. I'm taking a sip. Your brother AG3 is coming in with a thirst. I'm dehydrated, all right? I'm looking like I was in 127 days and I cut off my arm and I don't care about my arm. Just give me a sip. You gonna post these thirst traps and let my brother, don't be mad when, when, when a brother like AG3 is in them DMs. Cause trust me, he taking a sip. My boy returned on a pal, took a sip. He ain't afraid of it. He ain't afraid of it. Shout out, shout out to uh, three young brothers. Three young brothers got their podcast going on. I'm gonna bring my shout out in my cutty corner. Uh, Jared, state the name of the podcast, please. On some real shit podcast. On some real shit podcast. Three brothers talk about real interesting topics from dating, 
uh, politics. They reach it all. They funny. They young. Uh, support them, please. Support each other. Uh, but hey, like Return to Pal, I'm straight sipping, baby. Apple, if you hear me, give me some emoji. I want my lips. I don't want red lipstick. I want some black lips with the straw because I'm straight and I want to be able to post it on. Next time I see some of these women put these thirst trap, I want to post that emoji because I'm straight sipping. You got me straight sipping, boo. Got to think about shout, shout, shout out to Kevin's sponsorship. He 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 saved my marriage. He told me how I should be making love to my woman. <laughs> Get the straws ready, Jared. They can be the curly straws, the swivel straws, metal straws. If you in the Bay Area, if you if you a hippie chick, but you got and you know what you got it going on, and you posting them bikinis, and you vegan, and you want to use a metal straw, give me a metal straw emoji. Cause I'm straight sipping out of that too. I'm straight sipping, boo. Pedro, do you have a cutty corner shout out? I sure do. My cutty corner shout out goes to music streaming. Hey, especially you, Google, YouTube music. Hey man. Hey, I'm talking to you. Look, look at me in my eye. Where the hell my music I purchased? You just gonna make me go ahead? You gonna just force me to stream? How you just gonna force me to stream? Hey, I got a couple of albums I bought off that 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 crappy website of yours anyway. But I don't even have everything. Can't find none of the uh older older albums because y'all didn't sign license. Hey, another thing. How in the world is it that you got the Daylight Soul stakes as high on your music streaming service and I can't buy the CD nowhere? Hey. Uh, Google Music, you need to give me, you need to run my money back or give me my damn files. It's, it's two, you can do two things, and I'm coming after you. And that is not a threat, that's a promise. I'm gonna come after you with a lawyer if you don't give me my damn music that I purchased and give De La Soul their money. I'm gonna tell, I'm snitching. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to uh. President Donald Trump and uh, his pardons that he set out last week. Um, in particular, the pardoning of four Blackwater um, security contractors that um, were responsible for 14 Iraqi civilians being killed and 17 others wounded in Baghdad's Nisour Square. Um, the names of the, the men are Evan Sean Liberty, if that's not a white Anglo, I'm gonna kill <laughs> type names. I don't know what is. Um, but like this, I wouldn't. I won't even order a burrito around someone with a name like that because he'll shoot me thinking I was from another country. I'm gonna be a traitor. And then can I get a burrito? What you speaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it was Liberty, Nicholas Slatten, Paul Alvin, Slow, and Dustin Laurent Hurd. Um, they're all convicted in their roles in the massacre. However, Trump and, and them have all said that they acted correctly. That's the very important wording that they're using. It's a very legal form, correctly, within the bounds of what they were ordered to do, within the bounds of the situation that they were ordered to behave in. You know, they said they, they regret uh, the innocence, innocent loss of life, but they behaved or they acted uh, in accordance to what they needed to do. Motherfucker, if this isn't the differentiation between whether you want to say people of color and the white empire, the Western colonial empire of the United States, or um, the difference between othering other people in other countries and ourselves, yet we want to hold some moral high code 
um, and in this high ground that is that 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 until we come to terms with that and actually rectify the high ground that we want to act like we have, um, this is an example of us once again uh, sweeping things under the rug or ignoring our acts um, or ignoring actors who are acting in the interests of this bigger structure. And it's disappointing. And I, did I expect anything different from uh, Donald Trump? Or did I expect anything different from uh, uh, from this regime? I'm gonna call them regime since that seems to be th- what they are acting as. Um, no, but it's a uh, it's a kick it's a kick to the gut for the people um, around the world, uh, the people in our own country that are forgotten, the people that are marginalized and that are mistreated and subjugated to subhuman um, uh, treatment, but also not even just treatment the conscientious rewriting of a history or the adjudication of the codes and the laws by which we're supposed to act in and protect people under, whether it's international human law or domestic human law. These men killed 14 different people. They uh, seriously injured 17 others. Little children were killed in this. Uh, Families were destroyed. If you behave that way, I don't care. It's it's a time of war. I understand there's a there's 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 a challenge there, but you you do a disservice to all the other service men, whether it's law enforcement or military in our country. You 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 take away from their credibility by protecting these men who, in this instance, engaged and enacted in, in an unsafe in a reckless uh, manner. And yeah, it's time of war, but it doesn't like we don't fight wars to lose our humanity. These men were not preserving humanity. They were taking it away. They were seeing themselves and whatever it is, their orders were as more important than the actual humanity. So these men, I don't know all the details, should not have been pardoned. They, they went through the process. They, they had more than enough protections. They went through enough of the process. The State Department hired their company. The don't even get right me there. started on the fact yes, that we exactly. are contracting Why we hire out. a private company to go in there and fucking kill people. Man, if that, we need, that, yeah. we got a military for that. If we need to go in somewhere and there is a wartime, it should be our military that represents our country. That is it, point blank. We don't need no private contractors. We don't need any of that mercenary stuff. I understand that the rich people and the people in power that want to get shit done behind closed doors need that to get their their agendas played out, but that is not righteous. They should have never been over there. They were over there doing dirty work. And part of it, they got caught doing their dirty work and massacre a bunch of people that should, a bunch of, a bunch of citizens. And they finally got held to trial and held to a standard. And this motherfucker gonna pardon them. He handing out pardons like they fucking, he handing out more pardons than motherfuckers are handing out sanitizer right now. Mm-hmm. Like free masks at the Walmart. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I can't believe it. He just handed shit out to people that need to be, have their ass in jail, in yeah. prison. I ain't seen nobody pardon Wesley Snipes for them taxes. Nope. <laughs> Man, he gave us Blade one and two and three. <laughs> he and he played Blade even when he was outside the studio. Yep. I, y'all should have seen him play. <laughs> and uh, uh, shout out to uh, what, what what we do in the shadows. They had Wesley Snipes on there. Uh, shut they had, up, dude. Dude, it was hilarious. They had a vampire council. <laughs> they had Danny Trejo in there. <laughs> they had Wesley Snipes in there. And well, they who were was like, Wesley Snipes playing us. He was playing himself. He was like, <laughs> he's playing himself, but it was a, it was a, a, it was an homage to him being Blade. And they're like, look yeah. at him sitting there in the sunlight. He's only a half blood. Why is he here? <laughs> and they're like, he's a vampire. He's got pure blood. And they're like, he kills other vampires. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyways, um, well, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. Uh, any final words you guys have? My final words. Uh, please be out there. Stay safe. Uh, shout out to anybody. Uh, 
just my heart's heavy for any family, family members that's going through this COVID thing, people or related issue. Uh, please try to stay safe, keep be safe and, you know, limit your interactions, limit your events and limit it not just for your family, for other families. And it's hard right now. I hope our government can get their shit together, uh, give out money, keep people from having to be forced to go to work during these times. Just try to stay safe and Oh man, it's just tough, man. It's tough. I don't, I don't know the right words to say, and I struggle when I don't know what the right words are. So, no lie, uh, everybody stay safe from COVID if, if you can. I know it's uh, tough for people that's got to make a living, got to make money. Just the Aaron said, we need more funding. Y'all need to be taxed, damn it. Tired of y'all playing around, all these rich people playing around with our tax money, buying their own stock buybacks, you bastards. So I also want to give a shout out to the a, mo a moment of noise to the great MF Doom, one of the greatest metaphorical. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you said the that. Meta right. Metaphorical rappers of our generation. We lost him October thirty first. I know he had health problems in the past. Everybody thought he was just doing one of his. Uh, this is, it was a stick to disappear. That was part of his show. Him to disappear didn't show up in our places and unfortunately we lost one of the great creators the all the background music from adult swim phone docs um was playing in the background that was mf doom all you young folks generation z yeah that was uh mf doom uh i want to give us yeah shout out to my uh my uncle uh armin espinoza passed away the weekend that we recorded our uh, 2020 and you know i didn't say anything then because it was I was just, you know, focused on the show, but it was that, that was that was a tough loss. He had been battling cancer for a long time, so uh, much love to him. But he was basically sorry, my other uncle. But we're starting here. You know, yeah, 2020 sucked, man, and hopefully 2020 yeah. will be a little better. But um, yeah, man, stay safe out there and take care. Take care of your like like Marshawn Lynch said. Take care of your chicken. You know what I'm saying, take care of your people. Take care of your family. Take yeah, care of what you need to survive. But don't do ignorant shit, please, and take care. Uh, stay healthy. Stay safe. And keep checking us out on our uh, Patreon page if you want to hear more quick hitters and other exclusive content at patreon.com backslash highscore510. And uh, thank you for listening to the show. And we will leave you with this. Hey, Margo. How you doing? Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me. But I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jared. And they wanted me. They told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me. And gosh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, how are you doing again? <laughs> nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now, and they want me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka, <laughs> because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> hey, Marco. <laughs> Something happened in soccer last week that I thought would be interesting, and I just didn't write it down. Edison Cavani, knowing you, hmm? knowing you is probably Edison Cavani.
Well, there was that. There's something else though, too. Uh, how about the announcers being born as shit? Yeah, never mind. Fuck soccer. I don't know how I say it. I'm always talking about man this, and I'm like, dude, I watch. I'm trying to see the Man City highlights because I was walking a dog and miss all the goals mm-hmm. in the game. And so I'm watching it for like 30 minutes, the post game show, and it's called Premier League Goal Zone, and, and it shows not one highlight. They're just talking for 35 minutes, dull as hell, right? Yeah. And it wasn't like Rebecca uh, Lowe or any of the other ones that at least they're little, the ones who live out here, like even mm-hmm. though they're English, they live out here. They understand, I think by them living out here and they watch the sports out here, they know like, let me try to jazz this up. Let's, let's laugh a lot, right? Like the one for Fox Sports One, Olivia Abdo, she knows how to do that. Like they, they joke around a lot. They're like, hey, these dudes, these English dudes were just sitting there just talking. I'm like, oh my God. And then they kept interviewing the players. They interview Phil Fodd and boring. These soccer players don't have a lot of personality other than haircuts, a lot of them. Other than the ones who are like African diaspora. The African diaspora. No, NFL, they got personality. You know, you see a lot of personality in some of the guys. I mean, the league is boring, but the, the, but the players have personality. I, I mean, want you, dude, there's another show that runs on, on, oh, on a oh, network oh, that, that uh-huh. makes fun of. I mean, they're not basketball, of course they're not <laughs> basketball, but they also, I mean, yeah, you can't go there and go through Russell Wilson comparing a personality, but I mean, Richard Sherman to, I'll go down teams. You can find people on team. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of personality. He's an Aaron asshole, Rogers. but he's, he's personality wise. That's what I want. Um, I want assholes. Just be an asshole. Be I mean, asshole. he's an asshole, but I mean, <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes has personality. Uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, people, they're funny. No, they're funny Patrick guys with personality. Mahomes has a voice. It's a funny voice. That's why everybody likes talking to him. I no, but like, yeah, but he has personality yeah. too. I mean, Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram's a guy I'm thinking of. Mark Ingram's really good. Uh, Mark is really good. Uh, always need the interview. Ben Roethlisberger in a women's restroom got a lot of personality. OBJ. Um, now, OBJ, uh, OBJ needs to have a little Wayne sitting next to him uh, to, to make it interesting. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, interesting. I mean, they seem that they have a lot more guys. Well, I, I knocked you off your subject. So you was talking about um, the soccer. Uh, Antonio Brown got personality. They're just, they're just you know. Uh, but so my soccer. thing is soccer has none because see at least these fools went to college they party even that fool for the titans who got caught partying again right uh they mm-hmm. they you know they gone to colleges they live off around they've done things they intermingle with different groups with soccer the moment you're like in these youth academies you're only around your team you're only around your team you're playing soccer every day that's all you're doing they, you supposedly study and they don't there there's no mixing with other people whereas like out with american sports and in other sports you go you go to college you you're you still intermingle like you know like i said football players they have friends that are on basketball they have friends are here you're seeing them at clubs you're seeing them interact with different people at, on campus and things like that soccer they don't do that and they're all just fucking boring they have no personality and they try to put it on like oh man it's a language thing no these motherfuckers just dull they be having tight haircuts fine. though bro that's why I said that. the ones who have more co- more personality seems to be the ones where that's closer to their African diaspora roots, right? Or oh, they got K-pop haircuts. <laughs> but it is it is the ones that's either like from Brazil 
are from are from like like Africa. all the French dudes that yeah, are African, French Africans, yeah, are, are African. Like those are the ones with personality that party. They like Benjamin Mendy, Park Pro, but they're the ones that have funny interviews, right? They got the hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that dude that always changes hair every all the time? Cisse or whatever. Sam said, man, yeah, absolutely. it's hilarious. Cisse. But he had personality. Mm-hmm. Soccer has none. So when they're not showing the highlights, which is very few of. You're just sitting there bored. Mm-hmm. The women mm-hmm. announcers are more colorful than the the former players that they keep bringing on the shows. Boring. Women soccer players, American women soccer players, is better than anybody American. Yeah, but um, it's the it's the women announcers even in Europe. Playing. So they yeah. had they had a lot more. You got Hope Solo out here butt naked. <laughs> Hope Solo, man. You go look at the fat the fapping dot com. Any like of over eighteen, look it up. Hope Solo, she has a record like a concussed football player <laughs> outside of she's um, married to a concussed football player. <laughs> <laughs> remember yeah, remember one of the things it. she got in trouble for is he they got caught drunk driving the USA team van. <laughs> and she had him driving it. I'm like, well, hold on. Hold yeah. on. So solo out here in these streets. I like Hope Solo. She was she, she kept me busy though. Hope Solo was acting totally like a dude. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that in a sexual uh, orientation manner. <laughs> I don't know. She might have wrote. Gangsta. She wrote a couple chapters in the Lad Bible. <laughs> remember, remember, she got arrested for fighting her nephew. That's what I'm. That was the most gangsterous one. <laughs> she got to uh, fight her Home nephew, her underage nephew and mom, her underage Help. nephew and his her sister. That dude sound like a bitch. He called. It's like Home Solo is beating us. He was young. He was in hell. What was he like, sixteen or seventeen when that happened? He was young. Yeah, yeah. With whole solo whooping that ass. She was in there like Ike Turner. 